Hello and welcome to this week's episode of That F1 Podcast. I'm Charlie. I'm Jess. And I'm Chris. And this week <laughs> we are... That was terrible. Carry on, And this week we are talking about the Portuguese GP held in Portimao for the second time in two years. Um, it was a pretty... Uh, Chris does this bit, you realise that. Yeah, I do. I'm just, you know, a bit of introduction. Summarising his summary. Yeah. And I'll pass over to Chris now, who'll talk about the race summary. <laughs> it was a great segue. Another high production for that F1 podcast. <laughs> so, Vitaly started on pole. Right. <laughs> <laughs> How many syllables are in Valtteri? Yeah, so Valtteri Bottas started on pole and still ends up in third. Back to the drawing board for the winning formula for him. With Lewis winning, Verstappen second, and Vitaly third, <laughs> <laughs> making the three of them the most regularly podium trio in F1 history! Exclamation mark! A surprising, straightforward race. One DNF did not finish for those who don't know, which was Kimi, comma, who knocked himself out by going into the back of his teammate on lap three. Not a good thing, really, going in the back of anyone. Portugal may be like a roller coaster, but it didn't provide a dramatic race. Or well, I don't know, if someone's reassured someone, I'd say it was a bit of drama. It was only a little bit of drama. What do you think of this week's team analysis? So, I, I watched the race and it was a bit... It was very difficult to pick. Um, immediately, I ruled out Aston Martin. They'd had a pretty poor time again. Um, I thought Ferrari in qualifying had quite a good, quite a good time. Science in the race kind of killed that. Unfortunately, I think the strategy he went on to wasn't great. So this week, I'll go with Alpine. I thought they really brought things back this week. Um, both the McLarens had a pretty good race as well, but I just think the Alpines was so consistent. Ocon out qualifying a Ferrari and a McLaren as well is a very, very big deal. Um, I think that it would be now a chance for them to push on and to get some more development in the car. Um, I think Fernando, once they got onto the med- uh, onto the hard tyres around the kind of 30 lap mark, they looked really good. Um, I think a lot of the, Lando did pretty well to keep the mediums alive as long as they did. I think that's where Carlos fell to bits a little bit. He just couldn't keep those tyres in the window where he wanted them. But I think definitely Alpine, for the time being, were one of the most improved teams. Um, I, Williams, again, did pretty well on Saturday, but it, the car just couldn't handle, handle it, I guess. Um, Has for non-existent, as per usual, really. Um, I think Schumacher placed ahead of Latifi, which was a nice little change of pace for him. But I think the other driver just is so far off the pace at this point that it would be hard to to come back from that. Um, as I said, Aston Martin was just redundant this weekend. Um, apparently, Lance Stroll had half a second worth of upgrades on the car, um, which he then qualified 17th and ended up not too far away from 17th which seemed ridiculous to me and and Seb didn't have a particular Seb was just anonymous a bit like the two Alpha Tauris as well um but yeah I think the whole um Raikkonen incident was a bit of a rookie rookie error from him I, he just seemed to get caught out 
by slipstream. It seemed like he was anticipating he was going slower than he was. I, I don't know, but... It seems like he'd almost kind of, like, forgotten where he was. Yeah, it like, seemed like a very strange move. I think the safety car was out far too long as well, unless there was something we don't know. It should have come in a couple laps before that, but I think... Yeah, I thought that. You know, Red Bull and Mercedes were just doing their thing. I think Bottas, again, was sacrificed for the good of Hamilton, but he just didn't have the pace to get past Verstappen in the end. I think yeah. Checo did really well on those medium tyres to keep them where they were. But at the end of the day, they, I remember Horner, Christian Horner was saying before the race that he wanted uh, Checo to be a part of this. Um, but in the end, he just, he pulled out a 30-second gap because he didn't take a pit stop and then ended up 20 seconds behind Valtteri and yeah. about 30 seconds in front of Lando. There was nothing for him to do there, really. He didn't exactly hold up Hamilton. Um, I'm pretty sure he asked for a blue flag. Hamilton, Hamilton did, him. yeah. Yeah. Which was... And then his race engineer was like, no, no, no you're, racing, ra- you're racing him. You're yeah. racing him. Um, but I just think, you know, it, it, Portsmouth was supposed to be a very entertaining track. And I think we saw that in the midfield. Chris, I see you have a question. Yeah, I raised my hands for the audio listeners at home. What does <laughs> the flag mean? Well, the blue flag is basically when a slower car is in front of a faster car, they have to move out the way. If they don't, they incur a penalty. And is what that usually I... done when, like, let's say the first place is about to lap someone in last? Yeah, when somebody's being lapped, and usually a Williams or a Haas this year, um, they'll see blue flags being waved. And if you ignore them or don't get out of the way quick enough, you will receive a penalty and penalty points. If you get, I think, is it 12 penalty points? Yeah. You then get a ban. Is it a ban or a race ban? Something like that. I'm pretty sure you lose. Like I'm pretty sure you lose your license for the rest of the season. Okay. Um, I th- I, I'm not like sure that, that's a fact. The whole think... it runs off a super license system, yeah. which is really convoluted. You've got young drivers at the age of kind of 18, 19 who are eligible, but then you've got multi indie car, you know, winners. I think. Um, one of the ones coming up at the minute is Pato O'Ward, who races for the McLaren IndyCar team. He yeah. won a race, but he's, you know, a load of stories came out where he's looking to get a test in an F1 car, but he doesn't have the super license points, even though he's racing at the pit. It's really convoluted. It's really stupid. It's all but very yeah. complex about how you get them, but basically you have to get so many points, which means you you qualify for this special license, which points then go on to if you do things wrong. And a blue flag can lose you those points. And so Hamilton asked for a blue flag because he thought he was slow, but it wasn't. He was actually ahead of him. But he So was... okay. kind of, basically, yes. But to go into that a bit further is basically Hamilton thought that he was lapping Sergio Perez. So he said, why is he not letting me pass? Where are the blue flags? In actual fact, he wasn't just trying to go past Sergio Perez on, like, by lapping him. He was racing with him like he was in first place so it was a bit of like a funny kind of thing from Lewis Hamilton because it just shows how much Sergio Perez wasn't even in his peripheral because yeah, he thought Sergio Perez could have it. been lapped. the clip he flies past him yeah yeah I think at the time Perez was lapping two seconds a lap slower than Hamilton was so and that in a track like Portimao where you're lapping 118s kind of thing that's a massive massive difference and in all fairness, Sergio had been on those tyres for yeah. 55 laps. Yeah, he'd been he'd done a fair stint on those. 
Um, it wasn't completely unexpected, but yeah, it was just one of those times, you know, it happened, it was similar to what happened with um, Gasly last week or the last race even, where he just got overtaken about five times in two laps because his tyres had just gone. And just, yeah, once they've gone, they've gone. Yeah. Well, I'll do a little bit of driver analysis here then. Uh, so as per every week, I picked the driver I was going to analyse before the race. Um, and this time I decided on Daniel Ricciardo, which I'm actually, I'm quite pleased about. That was a good choice. I feel like he had an interesting enough race in comparison to everybody else he did anyway, because no one else really did too much. Um, so Daniel Ricciardo started in 16th place and made up three places on the first lap, which actually isn't surprising because Daniel Ricciardo is kind of, well, known for being the last of the late breakers. So he would have definitely have clawed back those those places where he could. Um, I mean, it's worth I also wrote it's worth reminding everyone at this point. Last time McLaren last time a McLaren started in P, in Q three, so that's fifteenth or below. Uh, they ended up with a podium. So actually, it could have happened. He quietly made his way up to um, P eleven in the first ten laps. Um, he did a beautiful overtake on Seb. I wrote down. <laughs> on lap 18 uh, he was the last of the late pit stoppers um, he had a pit but unfortunately he had a bad pit stop it was 4.8 seconds which which in comparison to Verstappen who had a 1.8 this this race was awful now people on Twitter were going out at his pit crew and that I'm afraid that's wrong <laughs> because actually if you look back at the footage Ricardo very much missed his marks so in Formula yeah. One, when the cars come to a stop, they have a marker that they must hit where their tyres must hit in order for their mechanics to be able to work at optimum speed and efficiency. But Daniel Ricciardo was probably about 10 to 20 centimetres off that mark. Now, that means that his entire pit crew would have had to have slightly manoeuvred themselves so that he basically, they're basically just a little bit out of where they normally would be. And that probably only costs tenths of a second, but all of those things add on. When you're talking about a 4.8 pit second pit stop, that isn't very long. You know, in that time, that probably is the amount of time it would take to move your drills kind of thing. So, you know, it's not great. Um, that then put him down to... <laughs> Oh, I put him down the 10th place. That's awful. Um, <laughs> on lap 45, and he finished in P9. Um, I wrote with no big sexy overtakes. <laughs> and the only person he overtook was Carlos, and that was just because Carlos's tyres weren't there in the end. It had nothing to do with his overtaking skills. So it's a bit of a shame, a bit of a not great race for Daniel Ricciardo. But he said in an interview after that he didn't feel as bad today as he did yesterday. So I think that's what you've got to take from it. And he got some podium points. He got some points. So that's all that really matters. Yeah. I think it's it's hard for him at the minute because he's coming to that team with Lando, who's really stepped his game up this year so far. As yeah. a two two fifth place and a third place. Um, you know, it's it's going to be difficult for him. I think he's he's just needs to learn the car. Once he gets into those more consistent tracks, I mean, so far we've had Bahrain's been on the track for mm. for a while, but you know, it's um, the likes of Imola, Portimao have just uh, brand new tracks. It it would take a little bit more 
time to get used to that. Going yeah. to Spain, I think he'd prefer that purely because he knows what he's doing. It's more just seeing how the car feels, which you can gauge in practice. Um, it'd be interesting to see the impact that narrowing practice down has had on drivers in the new cars. Um, on, the t- on the whole, I think they've lost about an hour and a half of practice time by yeah. shaving half an hour off each session. So yeah, an hour and a half is a long time in F1. That's... And then not to mention only half time in like pre-qualifying practice. Yeah all the way back in like March. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it, before the season started, he had about a day and a half, I think it was, in the car. I think they just split it straight down the middle. So, yeah, be interesting. About, I reckon, about halfway point in the season, um, you know, maybe Silverstone kind of way, we might see a bit more progress from him. That'd be nice. I'd like that. <laughs> I believe it's that time of the week, isn't it, Chris? Ooh. Is it? Is it? Is it Chris's quiz? Yes, it is. <laughs> okay, I've got three questions for you all this week. Okay. Um, so, yeah, all of your listeners at home, if you can post on our Twitter what the leaderboard is, because I've forgotten. <laughs> Trying to get that audience engagement up on social media. Um, Very well done. Question one. I'm starting you off easy. Who had the fastest lap? Charlie. Uh, yes. Oh, Charlie. It was Lewis Hamilton. Jess, no, Jess, no, Jess, Jess, Jess. I'm oh, I'll take your first answer, Jess. Who do you have? Such an idiot. It was Bottas. It, it was Bottas. Because Hamilton didn't come in on the last lap when he could have to put a set of armaments. Oh, so idiot. it was Verstappen, and then yeah. he had his time deleted, and we got that awkward Sky interview where Paul DeResta told him that his lap time had been deleted, and he looked like a kid who had just had all of his candy taken away from him. Jess, for a bonus point, to one decimal place, how fast was that lap? 120, so it's one minute, 21 seconds, and then point 0.1? No, well, I've got a heel, one minute, 19.8. Ah, uh, yeah, fair play. No, no bonus point, but you know, you got it, and Charlie, Charlie, come on, rookie mistake. Not a yeah. guy to Google it. Okay. <laughs> Question two. At the Portugal Grand Prix this weekend, how many corners does the track have? Jess. Uh, give that to Jess. 14. Charlie? Um, I'll go 16. Oh, my God. It's 15. Oh, no that's a point. There are a lot of big bends that curve and have a bit of a straight and go into another yeah. one. Understandable. Okay. You guys know this from our pre-podcast chat. You've got you. I've hinted at this one. How many meters is one lap of the Portugal GP track? Jess. Nearest meter. Go on, Jess. Oh, I can do it in kilometers. Oh, you can do kilometers. It'll be like. Whatever. I sound quite confident about that. I think I could do it in kilometers. Is it? 4.624 kilometres. Okay. Charlie? Um, I'll go with 4.2. Well, it goes to Jess immediately because it was Jess, you said 4,624. It's 4,653. So, point goes to Jess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jess wins this, this round of this game of Chris's Quiz. Fair enough. 
I think that's like this is like episode four of season two. I swear it's like three to Jess, one to Charlie. I'll take that. Sounds about right. Yeah, okay. Well done, guys. I'm all proud of you. Thank you. Thank you ever so much. And that leads really nicely on to the winners paddock gossip. <laughs> Uh, so this week we have been, well, we found out that Canada is cancelled, uh, which is quite sad, really. But I, I, we've been talking about it for weeks, haven't we? Do you know what I mean? It's one of those things that's been going on for so long. So they have cancelled the Canadian Grand Prix, uh, which is Nicholas Latifi's home Grand Prix. So he put a message out on Facebook to all of his fans saying they hope to see him in 2022. And it was very, very sad. But it has been replaced with... Istanbul in Turkey, which is where we went last year, and we had a lovely time. Did we, Charlie? I don't know. It was a weird one. <laughs> it was a really strange one. I've got a fun fact about in in uh, fun fact about Istanbul. Go on. It was formerly Constantinople's, and before that, it was called Byzantium. Yes, I re- that's uh, history. Uh, that's Crusades. Yeah. yeah, you go. There's some history for you. Moving on with the Formula One. Let's go. Do you want to learn more about the Crusades instead? <laughs> I would think nothing Hamilton. more boring. The Fourth Crusade in Jerusalem. <laughs> the First Crusade was mobilised to help get some people out of England who were trying to kill each other. Mercedes Wolf had a crusade. <laughs> right. Have you got any highlights for us, Charlie? Um, it was very... this is my favourite podcast so far. I'm leaving all of this in for this time. <laughs> it was a very weird race when it came to highlights because there weren't really any. Um, Lando did a pretty nice move outside of Ocon in the first like two laps. Um, no, I'll go with Mick Schumacher passing Nicholas Latifi. That is my winner. That's my winner. And I, the Haas engineer who gassed him up afterwards... That is my winner by a country mile. I remember that in a lick of time. Where do you book therapy with his engineer? Because yeah, I if, if, that in my if life. the house engineer who looks after Mick Schumacher watches this or listens to this, I would like to buy your services for an hour, please. Just an I, hour? No. I, I need emotional support. Okay. I think an hour a day would suffice. Just, just a text message would do. Oh. Just a, You're doing great. I actually, I listened, this is going to sound so bad, but because I really love their conversation and dynamics so much that I listened to their radio throughout, like, the throughout the race. No one else's. I just listened to Mick Schumacher's because it was just so lovely. I think it made me calm. Didn't Seb, like, give him a thumbs up on the the cool down lap as well afterwards? Oh, yeah, that was cute. It was almost like... So I think what happened was Mick clocked him in his mirrors. So he had his hand up all ready to wave and then Seb waved and then Mick put his hand back on the stream and he's like, no, I'm not done yet. So he gave him a thumbs up and he gave him a thumbs up back and I was like, oh, that's so oh. adorable. That's, but, yeah, that's, that's it, really. Um, I think other than that, I'm trying to think of other highlights, but I can't think of anything. Uh, the constant calling of Christian Horner on the pit wall. That oh. was it was fun for five minutes and then it just became, so how's Max doing, Christian? And that was it for the whole Grand Prix. Um, they they seem to have really, really limited, like, 
so many team principals don't talk to them in the race. And that kind of triggers me a bit because I think you probably should because that's how you engage with fans. Duh. But, yeah. you know. And I like Andreas Seidel when he does it. I enjoy that, yeah. Andreas I was going to say I like that. But also, as it, I don't know if you've watched Formula E recently, although they're in Monaco this weekend, in case anyone wants a break from F1. They're on at different times. Um, <laughs> but they do something really cool, which I enjoy, which is they talk to the drivers after, like in their cars mm. after the race, like they do with people on the pit wall in F1. Yeah. And that's such a good idea because it gives that another dimension of engagement mm. that at the moment we don't have because we're I not. I think they do that in the um, British touring car as well. Do they? Yeah. Yeah, because they, they talk to them. Sometimes I think they're under like yellow flags and they'll yeah. just do like a mid-race like little, you're right, I think it's like Colin Turking to you. Oh, you're right, Colin. Yeah, I would love to see that. I would absolutely yeah. love to see that. You know, as long as each driver did it kind of like an equal amount mm. so that no one felt like they were being penalised because of it, yeah. then I feel like it's definitely something they should do. It's also the return of Formula 3 this weekend. Is it? It is. It's the first race of the season at Barcelona, so I'll be watching that with the 20 God knows how many cars are on that grid. So, uh, it'd be good. What a good watch, I assume, I hope. Mm. Yeah, I hope the same. I'll definitely be tuning in. Definitely. I'm glad you've reminded me that this one I forgot. Yeah, so I think, is it just predictions now? Yeah, so we're in Spain next week. Uh, it'll be the first doubleheader of the season. Mm -hmm. uh, Barcelona we're in, and it has two DRS zones. And we'll basically start the battle between Carlos and Fernando, for the king of Spain, uh, which happens like pretty much every time they're in Formula One together. Netflix so, will be I'm all really over it. To Drive to survive. With the fact that their recent results are so like so close, you know, yeah. they Carlos was better in qualifying, but like Alonso was better in the race itself. So I'm so excited to see how that goes down. But yeah, shall I start with predictions? Go for it. My prediction is. Um, Bottas, Bottas for the win. Okay. Yeah. Um, you mean Vitalari. Vitalari. Uh, yeah, I mean Vitalari. Um, I'm going to go for Verstappen second. Mm -hmm. Good choice. And then I'm going to say, I'm going to say Leclerc third. Okay. Because the only thing is, is Hamilton hardly ever gets second or third. He either gets first or something's mm. happened to him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. I'll go next. I'm going to go with Hamilton, Verstappen, Bottas. <laughs> okay. Sure, I'm sweet. Gonna, tested. I'm going to go with, I think, Hamilton will win. And then in second, I want to put, put Verstappen third, but I'm going to put him second because I'm going to put my boy, Yuki Tsunoda, third. We love okay. UK. UK. Strange what things happened. What yeah. a man. I wasn't too happy that he, you know, he qualified 14th and finished 15th, you know. But he did beat my sister's favourite one, George Russell, by a place, who, you know, dropped a lot of places. So He did. He had a few gremlins <laughs> in his car, I believe. Mm. Oh, well. Thanks for listening, guys. Tune in next week for the Spanish GP. Bye. Bye.